Hey guys, Jake Linnell here with the Horseman's Academy. I wanted to jump in the podcast feed today and just briefly share something that has really been working well for me lately with a couple horses I have in training. Um, this also came up in, the, in a couple conversations I've been having with people that purchased the Colt Starting Secrets series that we've been working on, which is an online course, uh, coltstartingsecrets.com if you're curious or just want to see what we're doing with that. But basically, the, the people that are watching and following along in that series, I gave them the option to book a 30-minute free call with me, and this subject has come up a couple times recently in those calls that I've done as well. So I thought it was really relevant right now, and I wanted to kind of share some of my thoughts here uh, just because, you know, I think it could help a lot of you guys out there listening if you're riding horses that are similar to what I'm going to describe. So for a little bit of background, there's two primary horses that I've applied this strategy with. The first one is a horse named Ty that we've been using for the Colt Starting Secrets uh, online course. And we've been filming his rides, and so I've been walking through a lot of this stuff in the videos. Off camera, I've also partnered with another trainer on a horse. And, you know, being from the reining and cow horse world and just western performance horse world is maybe a little bit out of character for me. Um, but, you know, I mean, when, the, when you've got a talented horse, uh, you kind of want to jump on those opportunities, right? So this horse is actually an imported warm blood, a Dutch warm blood that I've been working with another trainer who's a dressage trainer. Uh, we've partnered up and have been working on this horse. And uh, long story short on him, he's super talented, extremely well-bred, but came in with a lot of training issues. And so, and the same thing with Ty as well. That, that is more of a barrel horse that uh, came in, 13 years old, hadn't really been ridden consistently and had a lot of behavioral problems and just bad habits. Um, he was technically rideable, but he, he basically needed a total reset on his foundation. So two very different horses, um, but I've been applying a strategy, and I didn't come up with this, but this is what has really helped me with those two horses. Both of those horses kind of fall into the category of being scatterbrained about certain things, um, distractible uh, in their own ways. They were horses that tended to be offended and pissy about being put under pressure. So in the Warmblood's case, you know, and he's not the most sharpest knife in the drawer anyways, mentally. That's very stereotypical that Warmbloods are slow to learn. They're not the most quick-witted and intelligent horses. Um, su super athletic, not the sharpest mind, right? Requires a high degree of consistency to learn anything. Not in a bad-minded way of like him being super stubborn. <clears throat> That's just him, you know? All horses have a different pace that they learn at and a different mentality, and that's just his. It takes a lot of time and a lot of repetition to get through to him. Once he gets it, he gets it, but that's kind of the horse I'm talking about. Um, so he had more of a tendency to kind of get the glassy-eyed look, like, you know, you're out there trying to put pressure on him, say, to soften him up to the bridle, uh, especially in the beginning where I was trying to do a lot more lateral flexion with him. This horse really had no consistence, no conception rather, of how to simply move relaxed and confident on a loose rein. He'd always been ridden around, you know, with the reins pulled tight to keep him from absolutely just running off out of control. 
so he basically had no control right and as a consequence of that of people being constantly in his mouth he was hard as a cement beam like I could I'm uh, standing in front of a concrete wall right now recording this I could go jump on that wall and kick on it and get it to do more than that horse would you know just no no responsiveness whatsoever just hard stiff mouth hard stiff body from just no foundation right so I'm trying to soften him up trying to work on these various things and you put any amount of pressure on this horse and that was the other real problem with him is that up until he came here people had been tiptoeing around his reactive habits and some of his other issues and never really challenged this horse to get better and so when I came along and started to do that I noticed you know you put a certain degree of pressure on him he locks out physically and mentally gets this glassy-eyed look of just wanting to you know how horses will sometimes I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to this they get that glassed over eye look where they're just kind of distant not paying attention they they want to be anywhere else but where they are right now with you and they're just not focused you don't have their attention they're desperately looking for something to be distracted about or ways to mentally leave you and it's very difficult to bring them back get them to focus and relax and concentrate on the task at hand right that's very much his personality um, and just because of the habits he was in that's very much how he would act under saddle Ty was a little bit similar although in that horse's case rather than just kind of locking up against you and just zoning out like an old stubborn mule, Ty would become very reactive and pissy. So like, you know, kicking out at your leg, reaching around wanting to bite your leg if you're trying to, you know, press or roll your spur on his rib cage to try to soften his hard, stiff rib cage up a little bit. Um, you know, just very offended and pissy about leg pressure, about having his face touched and picked up on you know trying to soften him I mean you know forget about it right because he's gonna overreact he would both overreact and get pissed off and yet also be scared and defensive about pressure itself what's difficult you know and kind of has been my project that we've been documenting through the cult starting secrets is the process of teaching this horse how to accept pressure and creating better mental habits around just being handled right before we can even really teach this horse anything, we first gotta get him to just accept and relax about what's going on and see if we can get him to be a little more focused and not so distractible and irritable about everything that's going on. Because you can't teach a horse anything unless you what? You have their attention, you have their respect, the horse is confident and they're relaxed enough that they can actually, they can actually process what's happening and not get worried and and flustered about the pressure itself right so with both of those horses slightly different outcomes in terms of their behavior but what is the fundamental issue there fundamental issues are don't want to be trained on don't want to accept pressure um, you know and just not very quick learners right both of these horses have needed a, a high degree of consistency um, and a slight modification in my from my normal style of training which I've used before and I did not come up with this idea I've heard other people describe it 
uh, differently to what I'm going to say now. I'm going to describe it in what I think makes the most sense. But this goes across the board. I found this to work well with horses that are more difficult, specifically horses that you don't feel like are very fast learners and that, you know, trying to teach a new exercise like every single time you're introducing a new concept or stepping up your level of expectation, it's like you're back to square one mentally where they're overreacting, they're distractible, etc. Okay. And a lot of people listening to this that are more into the show horse and the, the higher end performance horse world will scoff at that because the breeding is so good in the horses that they ride that they never have to deal with that kind of stuff. And if they do, they just fire those horses from the program. And that's great, but for the vast majority of people out there, you're gonna run into a horse at some, at some point like this if you don't already own or ride one right now. You know, Not all of us can go around on quarter million dollar horses that are the, t the pinnacle of the breeding, like on the cutting edge today. So this is a little bit tougher minded horses, how we can still get through to them. And that idea is what I call setting an anchor. So let me give you an example. With this warm blood, um, one of his favorite tactics, of course, other than just locking out and being bracy and stiff while also being reactive and fearful about pressure, was wanting to just mindlessly bolt off. Um, and he had many prior instances of this, trainer falling off, breaking her wrist, you know, all this other stuff from that behavior. Um, and so it was a pretty deeply ingrained habit of, you know, he just gonna mentally check out. And, uh, you know, if the person is still trying to ride, still trying to put pressure, he's just gonna physically take off and check out of there and see if he can get that person off. And so it was like during the entire ride, the level of tension, if you charted it like on a graph, it would be a steadily increasing line going up and up and up at like a 45 degree angle the further along into the ride you got the more tension and anxiety and just you know just the horse waiting and expecting for something to happen and getting more and more apprehensive more and more resistant and more and more looking to mentally leave meanwhile the riders getting more and more frustrated you know that was the typical way those rides with that horse would progress and so what I started doing when I got my hands on him is I developed a warm-up routine where I would come out, I would do a little bit of lateral flexion, some softening at a walk and things. And what I really found helped him once I got over a lot of the initial stiffness, you know, I just took him back to the absolute basic levels of flex left and right, one rein stops, bending forward and around at the walk, a little bit of bending with some vertical flexion, and just asking him to give, right? And that was pretty difficult in the beginning. But once I taught him how to find that release, so say uh, the bending forward and around at a walk, nice and relaxed, with a little bit of vertical flexion, right? That became, that exercise, with enough repetition, that became like an anchor in his mind of something that he can really grasp and it's an exercise where, yes, I'm putting a little bit of pressure on him and I'm asking him to soften and come around to my inside toe, step his rib cage up off my inside leg and, and give to that pressure. 
but he was in a habit of doing that willingly and relaxed and understanding that just because I'm putting pressure on him does not mean he's in trouble, right? And it took him a long time to adapt to that to where I could kind of, you know, take a hold of him, that he would accept my legs, he would accept my hands willingly and come back to me there. But with enough repetition, we set that anchor where it's an exercise that he knows, okay, the correct answer here is to simply relax and soften. Even though my feet are still in motion, I'm okay. I'm okay with that, right? So once we, and horses think in terms of patterns and habits. They're not like human beings where they can sit there and, you know, think about and process logically what is happening. You know, we, as humans describing like the horse thinking through something, we, we talk in metaphors and we use terms that other humans will more understand. But horses do not have a logical processing side to their brain. It's like a direct circuit from observe and sense something to a reaction. And it's all, everything that horses do is about habits and patterns of behavior, okay? So in order to make progress with the kind of horses I'm talking about, we got to recreate new mental habits. That's why I hammer on that phrase so often, better mental habits. So that became my habit was to start the ride by setting an anchor or doing an exercise that was like a listen to me concentrated suppling type exercise, but where the horse was in a habit of being relaxed and listening. Does that make sense? Then I can, so we've kind of established a little comfort zone around that exercise. And then I can say, make that anchor that I've set into a transition exercise. So for example, bend the horse forward and around at the walk, soften him up, he's licking and chewing as he's walking forward and around and softening. Clearly the horse is very relaxed. I can feel that, I know that. Let the horse out on the loose rein, walk, trot, or canter a brief distance in this horse's case because, again, with a horse that bolts off, you want to do a lot of transitions where you're getting in their way rather than just letting them blast around the arena mindlessly, you know. Um, that's how you get inside a horse like this. That's how you get inside their mind is redirection of the feet, right? Constant changes of speed, gait, and direction. And so what I would do is turn that bending forward and around at the walk with vertical flexion into a transition exercise where I'd walk, trot, and canter off a short distance and then smoothly take a hold of him, say at the trot or the canter, gradually and smoothly with my hands and legs kind of capture him and draw him around into that tighter circle. And his initial reaction when I started doing this was to get bracy, to get tense, because now his feet are moving faster in that moment, I'm picking up on him and applying a little pressure with my hands and legs, right? So his natural instinct is going to be to want to brace up and fight and go falling into those same behavior patterns, those same old routines that he's been doing up to that point. But then very quickly, you know, as I just kind of casually maintain that pressure and kind of invite him to soften around and slow down and relax, he finds that spot that we established earlier he finds that release point again. And he's like, oh crap, we're back here. I know what to do here. And then relaxes, softens, etc. He comes back to me mentally. He's confident with what we're doing now. Okay, I can put him back on a loose rein, go canter over here a short distance, 
same thing, break him down. And as I initially pick up to do that transition, he's up, 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 up. I, I, I don't know what to do. You know, all tense and bracy and reactive. And then gradually as I draw him around, putting enough pressure on him to challenge him, but also being inviting about it. Does that make sense? Not punishing, not reprimanding, just kind of waiting on him to accept it and to find that release point. And once he comes around and softens and relaxes and finds that release point again, it's funny because you can literally watch him, watch his eye and feeling him underneath me as I'm riding, I can sense those moments of realization where he's like, oh crap, we're back here to the same point again. Oh, I know what to do. I just need to relax and soften. And again, horses think in terms of patterns and routines and habits, okay? And they're mass, they are creatures of anticipation. They're masters of it. It's one of the things that makes them trainable. It can be used <laughs> for good and for bad. They can anticipate things in a good way and also in a bad way that humans don't necessarily like. But in this case, you're using that horse's natural tendency to get mentally ahead of you to your advantage. Because notice, every ride I'm coming out and I'm setting my anchor where I, I always start the ride off where the horse is super relaxed, quiet, and listening, aren't they? And then throughout my ride, I'm doing these type of transition exercises where each time I'm expanding the comfort zone further and further. I'm putting a little bit more pressure on the horse each time. I'm, say, trotting or cantering a little bit further. Um, I'm letting that horse get a little bit more wound up as we're, say, cantering around, going a little further each time, just kind of testing his limits, right? And every time we step out from the comfort zone to the, to the slightly unsure zone, I'm bringing him back to me and bringing him back to that original anchor that I set earlier on in the ride. And so that has been extremely effective for this horse. And you know, a lot of people listening might say, well, that's, that sounds very simple. But the problem is when you're in the moment riding, you often let that understanding go out the window. I can't tell you how many people I see, whether they're sending videos to me or they're posting on social media and showing them training their horses or whatever. They're doing transition exercises, but they're just whipping through it way too fast. Yes, technically they're redirecting the horse and breaking them down, bending them around on a circle or, you know, doing a rollback on the fence and doing some kind of a, of a transition, but they're just kind of going through the motions. They're not really staying aware as a rider of the actual horse's state of mind and how relaxed they are. And they're not necessarily, they're releasing to the horse physically completing the basic premise of what they're asking for, but they're not releasing to a feel of relaxation and acceptance. And they're not releasing to that horse being mentally committed and accepting of what's happening and the horse being mentally present with them rather than just eagerly looking for an opportunity to leave the situation. Does that make sense? And so, you know, they're, they're just, they're lacking perception is what I'm trying to say. They're just going through the motions of the exercise. Where this really becomes powerful is if you are tuned in to those more subtle things of how relaxed does the horse feel through their body, 
and what is their mentality like? Are they truly settled and accepting and paying attention? Or do they have that, gla that glassy-eyed, you know, turn my brain off because I really, I can't escape this situation, but, you know, I'm just gonna mentally leave and just kind of wait till it's over type of a thing, which is what a lot of horses get into. Even if they've not been, quote unquote, abused, if they just have a poor foundation and are in a habit of just, you know, not really listening or wanting to pay attention or relax when a human is putting pressure on them or trying to teach them something, you're going to deal with that, you know. So this is the way I deal with it. Um, so with London, the warm blood, that's been a super effective thing to do. With Ty, I show this in my Starting Secrets series, you know, where, for example, um, I do a, an exercise called the forward and around exercise, which is unlike bending, rather than having the horse bent around to your inside toe and softening their rib cage, you're driving the horse forward and around in a, in a tight circle, while at the same time, you're driving them up to the bridle more straight. So you've got vertical flexion, you've got face on them, but it's more about trying to keep the horse's body straight underneath of you. Okay, and that's, that is a really good preparatory step for teaching turnarounds and spins. It has other applications as well uh, when you start getting into teaching the horse to, to neck rein. It's extremely useful because the way I train bridle horses, I want to encourage straightness and the horse driving up to the bridle um, rather than being bendy and wiggly. Okay, so it's, it has, anyway, side issue. Point is, that exercise became an anchor in his mind because it works on things that he fundamentally really disliked in the beginning of his training, which is he has to drive up to his face, accept that deep contact on the bridle, and get soft and relaxed. And what I mean by soft is, is like true softness, meaning everything from his withers on forward is super relaxed, and he's actually breaking and softening vertically at the withers. A lot of horse trainers talk about the pole, you know, got to get the horse to break at the pole. I give zero shits about the pole. I want them to break at the withers and soften and relax that entire front end, you know. And it's not a headset thing. It's a relaxation and acceptance of pressure thing. And there's a subtle difference there. But the point is I want him to soften and accept being put in that little bit of a bind and where I'm kind of capturing with my legs a little bit. I have my legs kind of wrapped around him, kind of, you know, driving him up to the bridle. So my legs are on and active. My hands are on, taking him deeper in the face, right? So he's in a bit of a bind right there. The idea is you accept and soften and relax to that, not sit there underneath me wiggling and wobbling and trying to look for a way to escape, which is what he would do. Very wiggly, very uncomfortable, irritable type horse about accepting pressure, right? Well, once I created an anchor there where he would accept all that, he would accept my legs and hands and be quiet and relaxed about it. That, I turned that into a transition exercise. So for example, I would canter, uh, trot or canter off down the arena. As I'm going down there on a straight line, gradually pick up vertically step him up into his face, even as his feet were decreasing and breaking down in speed, say from a, from a lope to a trot, as he's doing that transition speed-wise, I'm asking him to soften his face vertically and continue driving up to the bridle straight, rather than 
wiggling side to side, you know, so I want him to still be going forward on a straight line while doing a transition and which is very hard for him. It's, it's kind of, it's difficult for any horse, but it's especially difficult for a horse like that, that is fundamentally wanting to wiggle around and drift and escape your hands and legs rather than soften it and stay true underneath you. Meaning you put them on a straight line, they maintain it and they're not trying to deviate from it or actively lean into your one leg or the other or drift to one side or the other. They're just true underneath you, straight and true, okay? He naturally did not wanna do that. But through this exercise, you know, so I'm breaking him down into that transition and then when I feel him take a few steps nice and straight and soft, then I transition him onto my circle, say still at a jog or even down to a walk, which matches the anchor I set earlier in my warmups when I was doing forward and around at the walk. So it's, it's a way to... I just had to throw a quick edit in here because I just got a phone call. But back to what I was saying. So you're, you're hacking the horse's natural ability to anticipate things and you're using that to your advantage. You're getting that horse to anticipate being in a habit and being in the frame of mind of being soft and relaxed and listening and staying with you mentally and listening rather than just shutting their brain off and being mindless and being reactive, okay? Um, and so I'm not necessarily gonna ride every single horse like that. Um, a lot of horses, especially the more talented ones or the ones that I would consider easier, meaning they're just more intelligent, they're easier to teach, they pick up on things really fast. Um, there are a lot of horses like that and you don't necessarily have to ride this way. You still have to have some kind of a intuitive progression in your program, right? Where each thing that you teach builds on the previous so that the horse actually has preparation. You can't just do things with no preparation, right? Any horse is gonna struggle in that case. Um, you have to be smart about that. But this is, this is a strategy you can specifically use for horses that need a little bit more, that, that are just, they're just distractible enough or they have enough bad habits or they're just tough-minded or kind of slow enough mentally where they need a little extra help. They, they literally need you to hold them by the hand and literally walk them into the release point that they should be looking for and seeking and showing them where that is. And then taking them a little distance away from that and bringing them right back, showing them how to refine that place that they just were and relax and soften again. And on and on and expanding that horse's comfort zone and each time coming back to that spot where they know and they're confident in the fact that they can find a release, okay? It's literally how to train a horse to be good-minded about accepting pressure, about being in a willing, relaxed, listening frame of mind. The difficulty though, again, I must say, is that it takes a high degree of consistent repetition because horses in general learn in two ways. One is high intensity experiences, low repetition, and this could be a high intensity negative, like a traumatic experience, or it could be like a high intensity positive experience where the horse finds a release or they do something that it was in a really tense situation 
Um, and you know, typically the horse is being reactive in those moments and something really dramatic happens where in a positive case, the horse got a huge release of dopamine or something happened to give the horse a massive release of pressure. Um, although I will say the majority of things that horses often learn that way are negative. For example, if a horse bucked the saddle off the first time you put it on, they will remember that massive release of pressure and you've now created a potential bucking issue that's going to be 10 times as hard to fix as it would have been if you just did the saddling right the first time, right? And didn't let that horse buck and get the saddle off and get that massive release of pressure. Um, but that's typically, so that's one way horses learn is intense experiences, low repetition, often just happening once and it's seared into their brain. The other way horses learn, which is the more difficult way and the long-term way, is low intensity, high repetition. So it doesn't create a lot of mental impact the first time you do it. You need a lot of subsequent repetition in order to ingrain that new skill or that habit in the horse's mind. And you know, a transition type exercise is that exactly, especially with more, in like in these horses' cases, horses that are more nervous, unwilling to accept pressure, very forward, in that warm blood's case has a habit of bolting off um, and just being super stiff and out of control. That horse took a lot of repetition of transitions and you know sending them like loping or trotting off a little ways and then breaking them back down, softening them up, reminding him where that release is and then canter off again and just being very methodical and doing a ton of repetition like that has helped overcome the super bad negative habits that were in there previously that were created through intense one-time experiences where he was able to buck people off and run off with people and things like that, right? That were seared into his brain. It took a lot of repetition to root that stuff out and get him going more down the right track. And the, the job with him is by no means done, but we are on the right track. And so my experience with him and with Ty and the Cold Starting Secrets um, again, coltstartingsecrets.com, shameless, shameless plug there. Um, <laughs> go check it out if you're interested. Um, but even, you know, a couple people I spoke to in the course that were looking for help with their horses, their horses that they were describing to me just sounded very, very reminiscent of having these types of issues and needing to be ridden this way in order to start turning this stuff around. You know, like one lady I talked to, her horse is super distractible and super worried and spooky um, whenever she rides outside anytime she's out on the trail that horse has just mentally left her looking for things to spook at super reactive you try to do something like a one rein stop or you try to bend that horse around or just try to do something to redirect his feet or get his attention back on you as the rider and that horse massively overreacts in a negative way, right? Of just fundamentally doesn't want to be in that situation, doesn't want to accept pressure, doesn't want to be handled, um, needs better mental habits around all of those things. And that's how to start that process is to do this idea of setting anchors in that horse's mind of exercises that are encouraging them to relax and be soft and come back to you mentally. Once you've established that point and cemented it, you can then keep coming back to that in ways. The best and easiest is to turn that into a transition of some kind. Um, and the more dramatic transition, the better. So say from a canter 
down to a walk from a straight line down to a tight slow soft circle you know the more dramatic and high contrast you can make that in the horse's mind it just seems to be much more effective and they learn quicker still takes repetition but it's better repetition and will take slightly less that way so hopefully this makes sense hopefully this isn't too like woo woo bullshit you know like out there in left field type of philosophy hopefully you guys listening maybe you can relate to this maybe you've got a horse that like the two horses I was describing here um, you're listening along and you're like yep that sounds like my horse you know maybe you've started to kind of do things this way and you just didn't realize it and you noticed it worked um, that's my name that I've given to that to that strategy is is setting anchor points for our horse's mind um, again I didn't come up with it and there's other ways to describe it that's just how I look at it so I'd be interested to get your guys's feedback on this um, I do have a Facebook group called LPH Academy which is on Facebook you can find it if you go to Lundell Performance on Facebook um, the link to the group is on our Facebook page or you can just message the page and I'll shoot you an invite we're doing some cool things in that group and there's other stuff like I answer questions and stuff in that group um, and do little audio recordings like this that I don't post in the podcast publicly um, and I'm giving people more one-on-one -on -one help in that group so check that out if you're interested all right guys see you next time